Hello there. Thank you for joining us again on The Basic and The Brain. For those of you who may have missed us the last few weeks, we're Alina and Maddie, aka The Basic and The Brain, and we're here to bring Botox and Bravo to the fucking table for your next dinner party. Yeah, I mean, think of it as us bringing basic bitch topics into the intellectual sphere. So grab yourself a glass of wine, or White Claw, or whatever hard seltzer, alcoholic drink of preference, (laughs) and join us for this week's episode. Um, I have had one of the probably shittiest weeks of my life this week that has shaved off a couple of years. So I'm really excited for today's session with you. Bring it all here. I want to hear the anger. I want to hear the emotion, the raw feelings behind it. Just like the fucking rage, man. It's so interesting. I feel like being in a nine to five or rather like an eight to eight, I guess, or whatever the hours are off as we all know, um, in the times of COVID, like, it's just, it's so weird. I think a lot of people too are like, wait, what am I doing? (laughs) What are my priorities in life? Who am I? What am I? Where am I? (laughs) And why is it so dark now? No, I, (laughs) I, I totally agree. I'm like, what time is it? I'm not kidding. I think we ate dinner at like 4.45 the other day because I was like, oh my God, it's so late. We got like, we got to eat. <laughs> and then I looked at the clock and I was like, oh shit, it's 4.45. Like, what am I doing with my life? Um, yeah, I think it's just like, it's all hitting everybody at once. I don't know. You know, I'm not that good at astrology. It was, yeah. always get confused if it's astrology or astronomy. Um, and I feel like whatever Mercury in retrograde is, like, I feel like that's just life now. <laughs> pretty much well it's also scorpio season and typically when scorpio is in season it is a tumultuous deep emotional um shit that you have to work through tell me more about what my people are doing <laughs> to the world you know that i'm a scorpio moon that's why we get along so well i know i know but <laughs> i just don't know why scorpios get like such a bad rap they all get a bad rap though. Like Scorpios get a bad rap because it's like, they think you're like emotionally devoid when actually it's just <laughs> you, you know, keep your shit under wraps unless you really trust someone. Aries get a bad rap. We're known as like hot headed temper, like we'll murder you in your sleep kind of thing. Uh, Gemini seen as manipulative Capricorn. They're too stubborn and solely focused on the um, external um, wealth and things, if you will, the material things. Are you sure I'm um, not a Capricorn? No, I'm joking. <laughs> you could have some earth in your chart, girl. I don't know. I haven't seen your birth chart, but maybe I could do like a birth chart reading for you. Oh my God. You know, I would love that. Yeah. You know, that I'll oh, continue. Or I'll just say, and I'll sit in the corner and I'll just be like smiling awkwardly, like, <laughs> and I won't say anything and then it'll be over. And that's that. So <laughs> that's that. <laughs> that's literally how that's going to go. But sorry, what were you going to say? Oh no, I I did one for for Mark because um, we were talking about it, and you weren't. Uh, this was when you were in New York, and I came over, and I was uh, staying yes. with Mark for a c- couple of days before you arrived. Um, and I just remember Mark being like, "What the fuck is this shit?" <laughs> I was like, "Mark, you're a Taurus sign," and like listing off his stuff. He's like, "What in the world?" <laughs> Um, and Janet is an Aries. I didn't know she was an Aries, mm-hmm. which is so interesting. Um, uh, I will tell you, Mark is a Taurus. He oh, will 100%. tell you he is not, but he is the he most is. Yeah. stubborn, hard-headed motherfucker he I think really I've is. ever met in my entire life. Like, like he's chill, chill, chill. But if he believes in something, mm-hmm. you better believe that there's no changing that, that kid's mind. So 
It's so funny. I didn't realize how many earth signs I have around me. You're probably the only water sign that's a close friend, but most of my friends are all earth. Pierre, Capricorn. Uh, my friend Christelle, she's also Capricorn. Uh, my former friends were also Capricorns. Um, and then we have Ami, who's a Virgo. Isn't Virgo an earth sign? Virgo's an earth sign, right? I don't fucking know. Why are you asking me? You have to be the one to I'm tell literally me. like, nee, 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 nee. yes, Virgo is an earth sign. Sorry, I like okay. had a moment where I spazzed. Um, and then your husband, Mark, is a Taurus. I was like, I'm surrounded by you fucking earth assholes. But I don't guess I'm not it. an earth asshole. I know, I know. My mom always jokes around because my mom's a Libra, which is an air sign. Um, and she always says, she's like, oh, like I'm fanning your flames and Pierre is snuffing out your light. <laughs> Tell me how you well, that, was a, that was a bad moment to take a drink. Oh my God, that is amazing. I love your mom so much. Maybe we should have her come on an episode and just uh, LOL. <laughs> uh, maybe not. Um, but yeah, no, I think this was, it was an annoying week and I'm just like, I can't believe it's already, what, is it Wednesday? It's Wednesday. I'm Only flying tomorrow. Wednesday. I don't know what's going on. I don't know who I am. Mm. Um, it's literally so dark out and I hate it. And you know, I'm scared of the dark. So this is, this is like not my time of year. I also just don't understand daylight savings anymore. Like, why is this still relevant to our society? Like I understood there was like a farming reason for it, like way back when, but it's not relevant now. And some countries do it and some fucking don't. You know, some states don't do it, right? Yeah. Why? Arizona doesn't do it. So I remember I was there and I think I was there before daylight savings in the spring. Mm. And so we had no fucking clue what time it was because half of us are from the, well, everyone was from the East coast, but I came from the West coast. And so it it was like, we were just all so confused. Nobody knew what time their flight was at. Nobody knew how to get home. Nobody knew (laughs) what time our dinner reservations were. And I was like, wait a second. Like, why didn't this place like not change time. And everyone was like, oh, Arizona doesn't change time. And I was like, how do you just get to opt out of that? And like, how do I do that too? It, very confusing. I, I don't understand it. Um, yeah. Let's start a petition yeah. to, to end daylight savings. Um, in the plethora of things that our society needs. <laughs> I think this should be in the top tier of priorities. hundred yeah. percent. Yes, yes, yes. I'm with you. Um, um, but on a good note, something good happened this week. Oh, please tell. Britney's free. Or was this last week? I think this is last week, but I was in Mexico. So time doesn't, I don't know. Time is weird. Time doesn't exist. Britney's free. (laughs) I know. I saw that and I was like, yay. And what was also surprising to me too, is like how easy that happened where like we got no updates about the case. And then next thing you know, it was Mm -hmm. like, Britney is officially free. And I was like, wait, what? Huh? Um, but I'm so happy for her. She's that girl's off going to live her fucking life. But I think now what is in my head interesting is this case shined a light, I think, on the injustices of conservatorships. Mm -hmm. And so what I hope people don't forget about is all of these other people that are not celebrities and that do not have a platform. Um, Like we can't forget about them. Like there's massive reform that needs to happen in order for conservatorships and those laws surrounding it to really change. But um, I am glad Brittany's gotten, she's free now. And I'm glad that this has brought a larger light to that shitty of a situation. Yeah. Um, and I hope some change comes out of it. Truly. I think it'd be really cool if she like started some kind of a foundation. An or, advocacy group. Yeah. I think yeah. that would be really awesome. So Brittany, if you're listening, 
Um, that's an idea for you. Once you're done getting married and doing it, you know, having babies and living your fucking life. Um, so happy for her. Um, okay. So, um, I feel like we should go ahead and jump right into it today, given that we have a pretty lengthy, uh, episode planned. Um, so unfortunately we will be skipping BBQs this week for everyone who, um, is a regular listener, but I think we have some pretty interesting content prepared. So, With that said, um, Maddie, so since we are kind of diving into the world of content creation and podcasting, always been a dream, never thought I'd actually do it. So wild. Um, but I, I feel like we'd be lying if we didn't admit to ourselves, um, that we don't kind of look up to and keep up with some of the masters of the craft. Right. And given this Mm -hmm. is like a huge thing, it's in the news, lots of, um, I think coverage on it. I Mm. thought that we should discuss the quote unquote hit piece on Dave Portnoy, AKA the King of the internet. Um, (laughs) So Mads, do you want to give our listeners who may not be up to speed an overview of the story and everything that's going on? Hundo percent. Um, So Dave Portnoy, uh, the founder of Barstool Sports, which surprisingly started off as a print publication focused on, um, I guess, like gambling and in particular fantasy sports projections um, out in Boston, um, which is now actually a huge media company that's known for content, um, particularly focused on sports. Oh, Wait, sorry, not to cut you off, but so Mark watches one of their, sh- I don't know if it's a podcast or a show. I'm not kidding. Every day. I don't know if he watched, I don't know if they recorded every day. I don't know if he just watches old episodes every day. Cause he's known to do that. And it's called like advisors or something like that. And every single morning I get woken up to this, this guy, Stu Finer. I don't know if you've ever heard of him or heard his voice. You will, if you hear it once, you'll never forget it. Screaming, <laughs> screaming. So that's like, <laughs> One of the, I've listened to a couple of their other like podcasts and stuff, but that's just what I think of whenever I think of Barstool Sports. It's just this yelling old, older man. Sorry, Stu. Um, this, this old man that's always yelling, shit, I said it again, this older man. <laughs> so, that's just like screaming in my ear about, I don't even know what, but anyway, sorry, sorry. No, uh, no, no but no. I do know that show. I mean, interesting. Um, as you know, I'm not like huge into sports, but I am not surprised that this is content that Mark is like 24-7 locked in on. Um, so they do cover other genres too, um, though mainly around like pop culture and whatnot, but they're still primarily focused on sports. Um, they also have like other well-known podcasts and media that um, you know, like I said, isn't necessarily related to sports, but tends to be on the um let's say maybe like not as PC side of things. Um, So yeah, I mean, their founder, Dave, just to kind of get into the story, um, he recently had a story written about him by Business Insider that claims that there are women who said Dave is aggressive. And um, within the article itself, they're not necessarily making any claims, but they are layering in levels of potentially sexual misconduct claims against him. Um, the article's headline is really around, you know, young women say sex with barstool sport day portnoy was frightening. Um, that's just like some of the baseline stuff that's come out recently um, since the Business Insider article came out. 
there's a lot to unpack within the article. It essentially brings up a few women's personal stories with Dave and it frames him in a not so great way. Some say he was like really sexually aggressive, rude, that he choked them, that they felt used. Some even suggested that he filmed them without their (gasps) consent. I know. That would be ballsy and fucked up, but ballsy if you do that. Oh, 100%. Um, So the article also makes reference to a few of his more like scandalous events from his past um, as as well. And I think they're ultimately doing it to paint this picture of him being sort of the rich guy, D-Bagel, who's using his money and power to prey on women. Um, Wait, hold on. Sorry. I have to... Is a D-Bagel a douchebag? Oh, yeah. D-Bagel's a douchebag. Sorry. That's like my Maddie-isms. Oh, okay. I was like, sorry. I was like... Oh what? my God, is that like not a common thing to say? I've always said D-Bagel. I'm surprised you've never heard me say that. Never in my life have I ever heard D-Bagel. Oh yeah. So I don't pack. dislike it. Yeah, oh, I was like, uh... <laughs> like, I was like, is that a reference to the fact that he's Jewish? <laughs> I, sorry, I was so confused. Oh my God, not even. I was just D-Bagel. <laughs> oh my God. No, he's, um. no, they're framing him as like the ultimate douchebag. Um, also, did you know he's had like three six t- sex tapes since 2019? I had no idea until mm-hmm. I read this story. Mm-hmm. Um, which is wild, but nonetheless, Dave is essentially fired back and is suggesting that the article was a hit piece and was focused really on character assassination and possibly, um, there is some talks or involvement that this could be around like insider trading and or fraud. Um, and he's wow. come out with sort of his own press release or press junket, if you will, um, YouTube videos where he brings receipts, which we'll get to later. Well, first of all, thank you for summarizing that. Um, So, I mean, like, I feel like Dave is a polarizing figure in general, right? Like you love him or you hate him. Like Mm. I personally, and I can't believe I'm admitting this, but like I secretly have a crush on him. It's Um, not so secret now, but yeah. Well, it's not so secret (laughs) now. All all, uh, 50 of our listeners know. No, I'm joking. Um, Because A, I think he's aged so well. I don't know if you've seen pictures of him like before uh-huh. he went through this glow up and like good mm-hmm. for you, Dave. Um, but also be I I love that he literally doesn't give a fuck about anything you think or you want or you like. And I just think like I think that's really cool that he honestly like says what he says and he means what he says. And um I think it's really hot. Anyway, okay. So when I first like heard about this whole story coming out, and this is before I watched any of his like press conferences, this is before I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't going to pay for the article, but you know, I, I got enough information about it. I wasn't sure how I felt about the situation. Like it was okay. I could see him being a little freaky and maybe he is aggressive, um, which he admits to, but mm-hmm. I also felt like he's not not an aggressive person, right? Like in Mm. real, in real life anyway, Um, which I think is what people love about him. But after listening to his podcast about it and watching, you know, the YouTube live about it, I personally think that his story is pretty legit and I am on team Dave and in the camp that this is a quote unquote hit piece. Um, That being said, like I want to preface this by saying, A, I don't ever condone or agree with like sexual misconduct. Mm. Um, and and I feel like if he hadn't shown like literal evidence and DMs and kind of like debunked the mm. whole thing, like I, I I would probably still have a lot more questions than I do at this point. And I think that like this is still going to continue to develop. But personally, based on what I've seen, I, f- I feel like his story checks out. 
Yeah. Um, I think what's interesting here is a couple of things. One is, and I'll talk about this later, is that the article and the women themselves that have come forward in the article, they don't really claim that he, you know, raped them, which I know is a very, very big word, very like big thing and dark thing, but they never said it. They never claim that it was Mm non-consensual, which to me is like so wild that there isn't an actual assertion. It's just all like, we're leading you to water and you can then make the assumption, which I think is, I mean, of course there are articles that are framed like that, but I think this is the first one where I've like actually deep dived into in regards to a public figure. And I've never quite seen a journalist write in that way, I think. Um, But I also think what's intriguing here is how he's fighting back um, and his like continued tactics of like breaking everything down and showing the public his proof. Um, I thought the DMs were were pretty damning. Uh, I also find a little bit uh, like admirable on his end is that he's kind of protecting their identity too, knowing Mm -hmm. that his, um, what are they called? Stoolies? Is is that what his fan base is called? Yeah. Yeah. Um, That essentially is like, so he knows that his stoolies are very passionate and they do love him and like, I'm all for it. Right. But he also, I think knows that like, once he unleashes the stoolies, like it's um, going to be pretty harsh of a reaction to those people. And Mm -hmm. so I find it kind of admirable that he's like, I'm going to keep their identities like undercover, but here's the actual proof of what happened in regards to our interaction and our dialogue and just the rapport between us. Um, So I think that kind of speaks volumes about him. Um, And I also find it hilarious that his lawyers told him to shut the fuck up and don't make a big deal out of it. Like this will eventually go away and die down, which I feel like a lot of celebrities and public figures would do. Mm -hmm. Um, But he's like, no, this is my name. Um, You know, like uh, one of the things I thought was really funny about the video, the YouTube live that he did was that he was like, do you think I would want my mom to see these? Or do you think I want my girlfriend to see this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, I want to be able to, you know, clear my name because that's not funny. He's like, I take rape seriously. Mm -hmm. Which I hope to God, yes. Yeah, of course. Um, No means no. And I think that, you know, how passionate he is about proving and clearing his name. Um, I find it, I find this case in particular just very, very intriguing. And I think we'll get into it a little bit deeper later on, but yeah. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. And I mean, this in particular, and I know that we've, you know, talked a little bit about kind of the media and um, ideas like clickbait, which, you know, I'm the ideal, I'm the ideal, like what's the word, not client, but consumer of a clickbait. Um, But it made me think about this idea. Victim. victim. I was going to say victim. I don't know if that's a little intense, but um, it made me think a lot about the idea of like the yellow press, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't understand how this practice is legal if you're slandering someone's name or in this case, you know, you're accusing someone of something as serious as rape. Um, And then- on top of it, the fact that they were literally forwarding this story to their advertise, like Barcel's advertisers, being like, "Hey, have you seen this? What do you think? Like, h- how is that okay that you're like slandering someone? You're trying to take down their business? Like, I don't know. That just seems like so fucked up, in my opinion. Yeah. Um. So definitely, as I mentioned earlier, lots to unpack here. So in the day and age of cancel culture, as we all know, I think what we're seeing here is really a prime example of um, journalistic practices in modern times that I perceive to be dangerous. 
um, and can cause a massive swing in one way or another. And I'll kind of deep dive into like why I, why I'm theorizing in this particular way. So one is yes, yellow journalism, also known as sort of clickbait, if you will, or where the concept of clickbait actually stems from, um, has a massive part to play here. Uh, and we've actually already discussed this in a previous episode as well, mm-hmm. but they're kind of playing on the psychology of clickbait and salacious content to essentially get clicks in order to achieve monetization goals in particular for this article. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, one of the things that we've learned in like, at least for me in my AP government class back in high school and throughout my time at Berkeley in poli sci, we are taught from a very young age that media has always been known as sort of the watchdog, yeah. the fourth arm of government, if you will, that they're supposed to bring us unbiased news and uncover all these things. Um, and that's why their journalism has a code of ethics that should definitely be upheld. Um, and a reminder on a few of what those tenets of the code of ethics in journalism are, it's, you know, honesty. So seeking the truth, corroborating information across multiple sources, um, a- uh, independence, AKA being objective, mm-hmm. fairness, public accountability, harm minimization, avoiding libel, pr- AKA, oh. which is printed false information that damages a person's rep, um, and proper attribution, AKA just don't fucking plagiarize. Um, personally for me reading the article, I don't necessarily think that it was fair, um, and I def don't think that there was harm minimization and no. it definitely was not objective. Um, and the reason why I say it's not objective or fair is because it's, you can tell where the bias is. Um, and it also felt like there weren't um, sort of corroboration across multiple sources. You brought up personal stories and you have very, very specific evidence like snapshot instead of looking and actually diving in deeper mm-hmm. um to ensure you have sort of a slam dunk if you will yeah okay so that's that's sort of like one piece um and personally for me i think that's that's kind of dangerous especially as i mentioned you know with what i perceive to be sort of the mutation of cancel culture yes there is a level of accountability that i believe cancel culture has ushered forward and has been great at writing some of the wrongs in our society don't get me wrong but there's also a part of me that feels like it's morphed into this sort of large beast of you know social media mobs going after people on basic statements that are made without proof at times and context sorry i also think context is like so fucking important and like i don't know assume good intent right like whatever happened to assume good intent sorry or it's like what is it um in our legal system it's like innocent until proven guilty Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. absolutely i mean not necessarily like not the case at all times but yeah I, i definitely think like so so often people just automatically like I feel like we want to see the worst in people. Oh yeah, we do. 100%. Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of people will just go off of these basic statements that are made without actual proof and I hate mm-hmm. to say it but people aren't really doing research anymore on their own. People are taking statements, baseline articles at face value. Mm-hmm. And an interesting fact, according to a new study by computer scientists at Columbia University and the French National Institute, 59% of links shared on social media have never actually been clicked. So in other words, most people will just retweet news without ever actually reading it. So they're getting their news from headlines. Um, and so that is so scary. It's, it's fucking wild. Really. Yeah. 
especially when you think about like how media is actually a socialization factor and like how our perceptions Mm -hmm. and how cultural and social agendas are shaped, that's fucking scary. So what's happening now is that thoughtless retweets are, as I mentioned, kind of shaping our cultural, our political, our social agendas. Um, And what's now become typical of modern information consumption is that people will form an opinion based on a summary or a summary of summaries without really making the effort to do their research on their own and going in deeper. Right. Mm-hmm. So all of that is pretty fucking alarming. And especially in context of the story where you have something yeah. behind a paywall and you have the title of that article, which is essentially like making the assumption that Dave Portnoy is rapist. Like that's pretty fucking alarming. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then number two, I think what's also interesting about the situation is when you read the article itself from Business Insider, they haven't actually accused him of anything. What they've done is, as I mentioned earlier, they framed the narrative and laid the groundwork ground with suggestive language. So when you watch Portnoy's recent YouTube, I know, right? When you watch his recent YouTube video, uh, the live, um, he mentions this interestingly enough, TikTok video, I guess, of one of the uh, girls who gave her personal story on um, to the article uh, or to Julia Black, where she duetted his thing on TikTok, which is basically where you'll like, you know, be on the video, you'll have that person's video content, and then you'll add your own video content to that video. Okay. Where she basically kind of gives her own experience. Um, and in the comment section, like people are, you know, going in and defending Portnoy and she's commenting and saying like, oh, I never said he was a rapist. Oh, I, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's okay. like the article didn't say that it wasn't consensual, et cetera. So there's definitively no accusation. It's just what they did was they got the story and they so. painted him in a really shitty light, which once again goes back to how it wasn't really objective. Yeah. I mean, I think the way that you articulated it before and saying that like you can, they're leading the horse to water. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then just kind of allowing you to make your own assumption, but clearly there is very much an agenda here and yeah. Um, but I guess like, isn't that defamation? Isn't, isn't that illegal? Isn't, how are they allowed to like slander this guy yeah. in, indirectly or directly? I, I don't I don't understand how it's different, but you know what I mean? Yeah, so it, it, to a degree. Um, so there are two types of defamation, as you mentioned, both slander and libel. So oh, libel, look at me. <laughs> look at you. Oh my God, you're referencing the word. I love it. Um, so libel is written or published defamatory statements, and then slander is verbal defamation, right? So if somebody is like on a podcast or a okay. radio show or a TV show, that would be considered slander, talking shit about him, um, versus libel being sort of written. So in this case, we're going for libel. Okay. So libel and slander are forms of defamation. And because this is <laughs> written, mm-hmm. it's called libel. Mm-hmm. Um, so in his like multiple, I guess. Forums. Yeah. Forums, we'll call it. Like he keeps saying that, you know, I haven't gone after them because I don't have a case. Every lawyer has told me I don't have a case. Like, why doesn't he have a case? Like, or do we know? I don't, I don't know. But like, it seems like it's pretty clear to me. Girl, girl. So like defamation lawsuits are extremely difficult to prove, especially in the case of a public figure, which David Portnoy is. 
Um, so to win a libel lawsuit, like as a private person, right? So someone who isn't in the limelight, um, you have to prove that the person who published information did so negligently, aka they just didn't do their homework. They should have known better, right? On the other side of the coin, if you're a public figure, you have to prove that the publisher acted in actual malice, meaning that they knew the statements were false or acted with reckless disregard for whether it was true or false, which is exceptionally a lot more difficult to prove. And the reason that, you know, defamation law is kind of set up that way is because, you know, Originally, as we all know, news outlets and journalists are seen as the watchdog, right, for government and I think society in general. And if they were to be punished for like every little thing that they got wrong, they would just avoid reporting on controversial shit. Got it. So that's why the law is set up the way that it is. Um, and that's why Dave Portnoy is saying that like it's going to be exceptionally difficult for me to be able to do so. Got it. Okay. That makes more sense. I like didn't understand it. And I reached out to one of my friends who's an attorney. And unfortunately, I, didn't hear back from her. <laughs> what a good friend you are. Um, but, um, but okay. Cause I was just like, why does he keep saying that he doesn't have like mm-hmm. a case? This seems like a very clear case. Mm-hmm. Um, this also remind or like makes me think about the situation that we're in here with the house where it's like, Oh, you should sue the seller for failing to disclose all of the shitty shoddy, like, ghetto ass construction that led to us having to rip our entire bathroom out. And it's like, well, how do you prove that he quote unquote knew, knew that the contractor did shitty work? Cause it's like, it's yeah. almost like a, he said, she said thing at that point. But anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So interested to see like, if there is someone, right. If there's somebody who has access to amazing attorneys and like legal supports, probably him. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I guess we'll just wait to say, but okay. So on another note, you know, I love a conspiracy theory. I don't Halloween. always understand them, but I fucking love them. Mm. Um, and I can be bought is all I'm saying. So, uh, <laughs> no. uh, and, and I don't know if we like actually know enough about this, say whether or not we think this is true. Mm. Um, but the suggestion that business insider released this article the day that Penn, um, who owns a 36% stake in Barstool mm. released earnings is super suspect. I also feel like I have to make a statement. I don't know if it fucking matters because I'm a nobody and I'm absolutely not qualified to give anybody financial advice. However, <laughs> I did buy, I've made my first trade. Um, I'm already proud of me. Oh I did it. And I bought, I bought some pen with some like I don't know where, I actually have no idea where the money came from. I just found (laughs) it in my Fidelity account and it said it was cash. And so I was like, okay, I I guess I can do this. I really, I I have no idea. Like, I don't know. I thought my IRA was being managed by Fidelity and apparently they left some, a little bit of cash. So anyway, um, um, yeah, it feels like that's really suspect. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, so what's also interesting too is, um, the stock was actually shorted the day before. Okay. So sorry. So for our listeners who don't know what shorting is. Oh, so you want me to explain? I mean, I'm not a financial advisor, but from my understanding, no. what shorting is, is basically you're kind of like betting against that stock. You're basically saying, uh, like, I'm going to, you know, put this money towards the stock actually crashing. Got it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Got it. So that's why it crashed. Or exactly. I guess 
Okay. Anyway, yeah, yeah. that's one of the Makes reasons sense. why. Yeah. So Got for it. our listeners who don't know the part of the, this part of the story, and mind you, it's still developing as uh, Jingjing mentioned, um, the CEO of Business Insider, like this is the shit that I fucking love because you know I hate the establishment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so like anytime like I know about these like intricate bullshit things where like people of power, like, you know, abuse their power. I, I love it when this shit comes out. You mean every day? No, I'm oh, basically every day. Um, so the CEO of Business Insider, Henry Blodgett, uh, used to be a pitch man for the tech industry. He was like an analyst um, and he would make like recommendations and give ratings and like praise certain tech companies. Um, and apparently after the dot-com bubble, when people lost a shit ton of money, the SEC accused him of civil fraud for criticizing companies privately while lauding them publicly, a.k.a. he has a precedence of using his platform to manipulate. And the reason they found this out was through like email threads, apparently, between him and other people where they were like, why are you recommending this thing or this company? And he's like, oh, they have no value, like, LOL. I mean, he didn't really say LOL. Like, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> that like, would be amazing. I know. I feel like that's an email I would write. LOL, smiley face. Hey, don't like this bitch. LOL. Or no, or anyways, let's not go there, but exactly. But so yeah, so he has a precedence of utilizing his platform to manipulate. And the stock market. Exactly. Um, So with that context in mind, there's this theory that Business Insider dropped this article on the same day Penn announced their earnings, which, you know, it was weak earnings. Okay. So that's why it's like somewhat of a conspiracy theory. Um, So I took a look at the historical performance of Penn stock. And though it's been on a huge upswing since March, which I think was due to them getting that 36% stake in January of 2020, um, they've been a really stable stock until this point. Um, I'd be interested to see what else they come up with about this um, and if they can find out who shorted the stock um, because I think that's sort of the missing puzzle piece here. It's like, was it someone at Penn Games who knew? Was it someone at, you know, Business Insider who knew? Was it like, yeah. you know, all of the Business Insider, like journalists, like grouping in the media who knew? Um, but it definitely, it smells a little fishy to me. So it'll be interesting to see in the long term, like how this plays out. Do you know if, like, can they tell who shorted the stock? I mean, if the SEC goes in and does an investigation, mm. they probably find out. But I don't think that that's like information that's public to us. Um, I will say the damn other, it. I know. I will damn say <laughs> the other interesting bit about this um, is that so I went on David's Twitter because I was just like, I wonder what like people are saying about all of this. And um, there was reference about a New York Magazine article that, according to Portnoy, was supposed to be released within a few days of this one. And it was supposed to be focused around, like, Barstool and it it being, like, a toxic workplace. Um, And what I thought was hilarious about this was that Portnoy offered to do an interview with the writer, who's Reeves Weidman, Weidman, I I don't know how to pronounce his last name, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But with the caveat that it would have to be, like, audio and video recorded, and he like actually posts the emails back and forth with Reeves. Um, and Reeves consistently declined. He's like, I'll do audio, but I won't do video. Um, and he says like, oh, I don't do video. I don't want to do video. And Who the fuck doesn't do video in this day and age? We're podcasters and we do video. I know. And he won't, <laughs> he won't, like he won't budge and he won't give Dave a, or like Portnoy a reason as to why he won't do video. And this was the part that like had me on the floor cackling was that someone on Twitter 
responded to that thread that Dave Portnoy had about the Reeves situation, the New York Magazine article. And they literally, it was a screen grab showcasing all of the video interviews that Reeves has done. It's like, hashtag won't do video, but like, really look at how many videos you've fucking done. Um, so nonetheless, oh, wow. <laughs> I think, I think it adds to the conspiracy theory that, um, mm. it just, it adds to the conspiracy theory that the media world was kind of after him and fuels the rumors that intention here was really to hurt him ver- versus providing unbiased reporting. Because the other thing, and I forgot to add this part is that a uh, Portnoy makes the claim that Reeves knows Julia Black, like they're all homies. Got it. Like it was a coordinated attack. Do you think that like, okay, so there's obviously the insider trading piece, right? And who knows who the fuck is rich off of this. Um, Hopefully I'm rich off of my couple (laughs) of shares of pen that I purchased this morning. Um, But I had a thought. Oh, I was going to say, do you think that it could also be like, given that Barstool, I know that it's kind of like, obviously uh, pen is, I think it's like gaming, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But Barstool is a media company. Mm-hmm. They produce a shit ton of content. Yep. Um, I think that they have a super, super loyal fan base and so on and so forth. So do you think that it was like, I guess, what is your inclination? Is it more that it had to do with like the stock price or do you think that it was more like they are a very real threat? And I, and, and I think that's because they maybe like quote unquote report or they produce content in a very different, almost like non-traditional way. That like some of like some of the big you know some of the biggest mm. media you know reporting or journalism outlets maybe felt a little bit threatened. So so you're asking, just what it, do you think? Like, did this article really come out, or these potential articles um, to try to hurt Barstool Sports because yeah. it's like an up and coming media company? I mean, I think it's more than up and coming. I think, Uh, you know, but like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In the sense of like a threat to the larger um, monopolies, if you will. Correct. Correct. Um, That's a really great question. Um, I mean, yeah, like um, when we look at all businesses in the history of the world, like whenever there is a competitor, every competitor is going to go after their competitor, right? I mean, they just buy them these days, but. Yeah, that's true. Well, first they try to destroy them. And when they can't do that, then they buy them. So there's yeah. lots of instances of that happening. Yeah, 100%. Um, and so I also think to your point, like Dave is a very polarizing character. And I think mm-hmm. for some people, it sounds like this was like eight months in the making and they reached out to a whole bunch of people, a lot of them being like, no, he's been great to us. Um, and they decided to take the worst pieces and release this article. Could it have been just to monetize on their platform? Potentially. Could it have been to hurt Portnoy? Because yes, he is not a very popular character. And on top of that, like he, you know, was rubbed some of these like larger mainstream folks the wrong way, potentially. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of rooting for him. I actually, I'm really rooting for him because I think he, like you said, there's something that I really admire about the fact that he's unabashedly himself and he just doesn't give a fuck, mm-hmm. especially in the world that we're living in where there's so much fear at the moment around what can I or can't I say. Um, it's kind of a breath of fresh air. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, and and I also feel like to that point, and maybe I just don't know because I have like a secret little, maybe not so little crush on him, but <laughs> I feel like... I feel like he doesn't need to like do that. Like, I don't, I don't know. I feel like he can pull 
girls, right? Yeah. Like we've seen that. We've literally seen the DMs that he's getting from like yeah. 19 to however old, whatever. But um, I guess I just imagine that if I were in that position and if I were super like famous and, mm-hmm. you know, had had people throwing themselves at me, I mean, who's to say that that's not happening? No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> it's but, happening, all right? No, <laughs> no, but but I but I I guess I feel like he's also smart. Like he's not stupid. He's not a stupid guy. Yeah. And so I feel like it's a really, really like stupid thing to do to put mm-hmm. yourself in a position to be accused of something as serious as rape. I also think what's interesting here is um, what came to mind when I was reading the article. I was like, why are they going after Dave Portnoy of all people? I was like, I was like, uh, let's talk about all these other celebrities who like, you know, them young a little bit, like Leonardo DiCaprio, like he's 40 something, whatever. And he like loves his girls, like at the age group of like 18 to 21, no judgment, but like at the same time, like, why aren't they going after, you know, there are more people out there and like, definitely a lot more creepier brand of folks that I feel like would have been a really great article and would have been very valid to go after. Um, I think the other thing to know is that, you know, I'm surprised he didn't have an NDA in place with these women. Like, I feel like once you reach a certain celebrity point, like you have an NDA signed. Haven't you read those articles of women who talk about their experiences with celebrities? Well, with Leonardo DiCaprio, he is one of them, I think, right? Exactly, yeah. Where like they will, they're getting into a vibe with a celebrity and they will be like, I need you to send an NDA. A, it's a little bit of a mood killer, but I think, I feel like once you do get to that level of of celebrity, like you kind of have to protect yourself. Interesting. I guess I mean, you're right. Like you're right because I've heard about that happening, but yeah. I, I was never... surprised Dave Portnoy didn't have an NDA in place. I was like, dude, like you're fucking like loaded. Like you gotta protect <laughs> yourself, bro. Like Dave, I mean, you hear that? I mean, seriously, <laughs> I look, I get it. Like there's a certain level of trust, I think, that we still all want to have in people, but at the end of the day, like look at what happened. People, people are fucking things. awful. Yeah, they really are. Um yeah, so yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. I mean like if I were mm-hmm. a 40 something famous guy that's like single like a bachelor mm-hmm. why wouldn't you go for a, like young hot girls and and I mean I'm not saying I wouldn't necessarily like hook up with women my age but like or not even women if I was me and I was 15 years older, we'll say. Mm. Why do I have to only sleep with men who are my, I don't know. I get it, but I don't get it. I, I, I feel like. So are you just like, why is it that like men are into younger girls to begin no, with? No, I just feel like, why does it fucking matter? Oh, I mean, I don't give a shit. Like you can yeah. sleep with whoever the fuck you want. Like as long as, long as, as it's like consensual, as long as it's, you know, two parties are agreeing to it. I thought what was, here was the other thing that like really um, wound me up um, in regards to all of this was that people were calling him sick and like, because of the fact of like his kinks, right. Of like liking things a little aggressive. Like, and I think in one of the sex tapes, he, there was like a leash situation. I, I don't really know, but I, I guess, you know, it was consensual. They had their own thing. They'd communicated to each other whatever but like people were just like oh he's sick like all oh, these people who are like into kinks are all like perverted degenerates and I'm like that's 
like also fucking terrible. Like, why would you say that about people? Like people are into kinks. The important thing is that you communicate with one another Mm -hmm. and like talk about like what you're okay with and what you're not. Also, hello, safe words, duh. Um, But I didn't like- I don't don't have any safe words because I'm- (laughs) We all know I'm the vanilla one on this <laughs> podcast and so fucking boring. And I'm so sorry to Mark, but, uh, <laughs> and, and to my mom, who once we announced this, it's oh, good. <laughs> no, I mean, lucky, you can keep your mom away from it. My mom follows me on Instagram. It's about oh, to happen. Loud. So. <laughs> but, um, I do think, oh God, oh God, your poor mother. I really oh, just, uh-huh. your poor, poor mother. Um, but on that note, um, I think it's, you know, I just, I think our society is so focused on putting people into frameworks and putting people into boxes and just keeping them there when in actuality, life is not black and white. There's just so much gray. And if you don't have that perspective or that willing to like learn and understand, you know, like people will never quite understand your side of the spectrum. Yeah, for Um, sure. So, yeah, so that was one of the things that, like, really pissed me off was about the kink stuff. Um, I personally don't care about the age stuff. As you know, there's, like, a tw- or was a 20-year difference between my mom and dad. So, for me, it's, like, mm. age ain't nothing but a number. <laughs> you know? That's yeah. Saying. No, I I agree. I didn't even, to be honest, I didn't even, like, register the whole kinks thing because I was, like, this is dumb. I don't care. Um <laughs> So, but that's a good point, actually. Like, yeah, people are oh, well, anchoring on that, but okay. Yeah, people were anchoring on that because they were like, oh, he's like choking girls and stuff. Like, look at all his like kinky shit. He's like a pervert. He's terrible. He's aggressive. And I was like, that's not fair. I, I just don't think that you should equate the two. Like, agreed, people agreed. who are mm-hmm. part of a kink community and like they're thriving, they're like regular, normal people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's just really shitty it's, to like put everyone in that box. It's a person sitting next to you at work. Yeah, pretty uh, much. No. Um, <laughs> that would be so weird. Anyway, I don't sit next to anybody at work. It's Mark, and I know that he's not. <laughs> <laughs> we were okay. So um the other thing though, before you know, we kind of wrap this up that I that I think is super, super, super sketch mm-hmm. is that if Business Insider really believed in what they were saying and the story that they're telling, like why are they declining the offer to go and discuss the article? I don't know. I feel like if I was a journalist, like, and I had this viral piece and whatever, like I would be looking for every fucking excuse to get in everybody's face and tell them why I wrote what I wrote and I believe in it and so on and so forth. I think what's interesting is that damage is done, right? They did the report and now they're kind of just wiping their hands clean of it um, and moving on to the next thing versus getting into the shit with Dave even further because I think they would also open themselves up to like legal issues too because once again, going back to the legal system in order to prove and win a libel defamation case, you have to prove that there was like actual malice. Um, and I'm sure the more you talk, that's why your lawyers tell you to shut the fuck up and not say anything. Um, I'm sure if they open that door, anything that they say or whatever could be utilized against them in court. And Dave Portnoy has been very, very vocal about the fact that he wants to take them to court and get his pound of flesh, quote unquote. That almost makes me feel like they had to know this would happen. 
this is not the first time like the Suli army has been rallied. And yeah. so I, I, I don't know now, you know, I love the conspiracy theory. Mm. Now I feel like, Hmm, maybe yeah. this was about getting rich quick. Maybe. I also think the other thing too, is that, you know, they probably based on previous articles that they've written and previous journalistic practices, just assumed that the person would let it go, knowing how difficult libel, slander, or defamation cases in general are. Um, and I think this is, I don't know if it's the first time, but from my experience, because I, probably because we've deep dived into this, um, where I'm seeing a celebrity actually get in the weeds, showcasing the proof and making this a larger deal in order to clear his name. Versus others who would just, you know, with time would let things just fucking die down. Do you think that that's maybe because some of those people were like, fuck, I've done some shady shit in my time. But also I think because of the fact that there was no accusation. So like there's no criminal case that or like investigation that could be put up against him, you know. Um, and in the case mm-hmm. for a lot of celebrities, when they do these types of articles, there isn't an outward accusation. And so there is no criminal or like legal situation that they have to get involved in. So a lot of them will just wipe their hands clean, be like, I'm not dealing with this and just go live their lives and not put so much energy into it. See, I don't, I don't know. I feel, I mean, you know this about me. Like when I feel strongly about something, I feel strongly about it. And I am like the kind of person that's like, I want to make your life miserable because Mm -hmm. you've inconvenienced me slightly. Mm -hmm. I mean, like the, like the recent situation that I was dealing with, right? Like, I don't know. I haven't been the, you know, the subject of a defamation lawsuit recently, but who knows? I might be sued for a hundred dollars very soon. Um, but, but like everybody was like, shut the fuck up, either pay the hundred dollars or get over it. And I was like, no, it's the principle. Absolutely not. I'm not letting him get away with it. Bob. I'm like literally hitting things. Out. I'm so angry. Like my blood boils just thinking about these fucking losers that want to like mm. take advantage. And mm. I think that's the thing. Like when you take advantage of me or anybody like that is when I have zero tolerance, patience, interest. And I, and it's not just okay to like walk away. Like just not responding to the final correspondence in that situation for me was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do in my entire life because my natural instinct, I think is like kind of similar to Dave's, right? Where I'm like, no, this is why I'm doing what I did, or this is why I'm saying what I said, or Mm -hmm. I didn't say what I said, whatever it is, right? Like I was, I had like this whole fucking things like ready to go. And everyone was like, stop it to stop engaging. And I, I don't know, is that like a hothead? Is that what a hothead is? I mean, I don't know necessarily. I think, look, his, in particular in his situation, this is like a massive accusation, right? Of it, not even an accusation. About $100, I know. Yeah, $100, <laughs> you know. But like- But that's the point is what no, I'm it's making. Like the principle <laughs> of the situation, saying. right? Like yes, I get 100%. it. It's like core to your values. Um, and I think in particular for Portnoy's case is that, this is a pretty big assumption being made within the article that like, oh, David Portnoy doesn't care about consensual sex. He's out there raping women. Like that's essentially what oh, they were yeah, trying yeah, to get at, right? Yeah. Which is like a pretty bad fucking thing. And as we know, like that like ruins lives, hands down ruins life. If, you know, these claims, which clearly are, you know, baseless based on the, the information that he's provided, 
but like, let's say something does come out and it, it is sexual misconduct, then like someone should pay the consequences. However, in this case, I don't think that that's really the situation that we're in. And I can understand why he's like livid that his mm-hmm. name is being dragged through the fucking mud. Um, and so for me, I just, I can understand why he's going about it. Cause he's like, you know, going back to the fact that 59% of people are just reading headlines and not actually reading news. Like there's so many people who aren't doing the research on their own and therefore just labeling him as a rapist at this point, right? Like mm. you're probably thinking dirty sleaze bag, whatever rapist, and they're not actually doing the the work to read all this information and really gather what happened here. Um, so I can understand why he would want to, you know, make a bigger deal out of it versus letting it die down. Like his lawyers are saying, I think yeah. for me, if it were up to me, as you know, I'm fucking tired all the goddamn time. This is like <laughs> too much energy. I would just be like, fuck it. I don't care what people think about me. They can do whatever they want to do or say whatever they want to say. But um, I think in regards to this case, given that rape is such a serious offense, like I, I can understand why he's he's going about it the way. Yeah, that. I mean, I mean, rape is a serious offense, legal standpoint, mm-hmm. on a moral standpoint, and I, mm-hmm. and like I don't know. Like I said, I don't necessarily listen to every single fucking Barstool podcast, but for, or podcast and YouTube, and there's so many, right? But like everything that I've seen, I do feel like Dave is a person of like ethics. Mm. And like, and he has a moral code, whether or not that that aligns with mine or yours or anyone else's, I don't know, but I just feel like there's like a code. And I feel like as somebody who I think like, again, I got up in arms about something a lot serious. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like there is, um, like there's, it's about the principle. It's about the the point. And so I can, I can relate to that. And, um, I mean, I'm just, I'm interested to see what happens. Does this end up in court? Um, does it not? Is it even worth it? But I could see him being someone who's like, I don't give a fuck if I'm going to lose, I'm going to make your life fucking hell. Because Mm -hmm. I feel like if I had money to burn, I would, you would do it just to make a point. Yeah. Just to make your fucking life miserable. Like I actually thought about texting the person that I'm not in it, you know, Mm -hmm. in a good place with them being like, I'll see you in court motherfucker over a hundred dollars. And we all know that would cost thousands of dollars to go to court. But I was like willing to do it to be like, you stupid fucking piece of shit. I hate you. You're a loser. And this is why. I just can't with you. You crack me the fuck up. Over $100 too. Like, this is why I love you. I no, but like, it's you. not about the $100. It's no, $100. I know. I get it. I get it. But in my head, you have to understand, I'm like the old grandma who's fucking tired all the time. Like, I'm just like, oh, sweet baby Jesus. Like the fact that I have to dress up and go to court. Oh my God. <laughs> like that's the part that bothers oh my God. me. See, I would, I feel like I would get like excitement out of that drama. I'd be like, let's fucking go motherfucker. Here you go. Here's the, te- like, I, 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 I like would represent myself, I think, because I would be so confident oh, in how dumb don't. the, because it's so stupid. <laughs> no, it's so dumb. I called my, I called my other friend, not that I texted this. I probably should have texted her about this, but anyway. Um, and I called her and I was like, I need to talk to you. And so she was like, in the middle of like some super important case. And she was like, Alina, are you, are you seriously fucking calling me about a hundred dollars? Like she was like, who, what, what? 
And I was like, ah, no, it's not about the hundred dollars. You have to understand the situation. And so I took up like an hour and a half of her time just explaining it. And at first she was like, dude, like, shut the fuck up. Just pay this guy and like be on, be, be on with your day. And I was like, no, and this is why. And then by the end of it, she was like, no, you're right. <laughs> oh my anyway. God. You persuaded the lawyer. Look at you lawyering the lawyer. You know, I studied for the LSAT, I mean, for about a week. And then I spoke to a couple of like corporate lawyers and they, they all said to me, the biggest regret I have in my life is going to law school and becoming Damn. a lawyer. So that's why I didn't take the LSAT. But I thought for a minute I was going to be like the next L Woods. I mean, you'd be a good lawyer, I feel like. But also, yeah, I mean, they make fucking bank. But yeah, it's like your soul gets depleted over such a short period of time. I mean, they make bank. They unless do. you're apparently Tom Girardi. <laughs> Sorry, is that too soon? Shots fired. Uh, Damn. <gasps> Oh my god! I feel like gonna, uh, <laughs> no, he made bank. He made bank. He just thought he made more than he does, apparently. But anyway, um, that was a good one. But oh, boom, but um, but um. And on that note, Dave, fucking crush those motherfuckers for the little people. For me, who are fighting over a hundred dollars, hundred dollars. Jesus Christ. <laughs> So there you have it. Thank you so much for joining us again on The Basic in the Brain. Be sure to join us next week for our next spin on intellectualizing our basic bitch interests. Be sure to join us and don't forget to like and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Tweet us at Basic and Brain and follow us at The Basic in the Brain on Instagram. Give us feedback. Tell us what you love, what you don't love. Tell us what topics you'd like for us to cover. And we'll talk to you all later. 